This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the latest crop report. With widespread rainfall, some crops have improved in the western grain belt, while some crops have been flooded in eastern areas. We talk with the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association about an important Health Canada saturated fat label exemption. Egypt tries to find alternate wheat supplies after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And we have the latest Manitoba crop report. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The latest Saskatchewan crop report says there was general rain across the grain belt this past week, but more will be needed in some areas. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers says some eastern areas had localized flooding, but western regions will need more moisture. There were some some pretty heavy rainfalls across the province this past week, uh, resulting in quite a bit of flooding and and some drowned out crops. So that's certainly not what we want to see. So yeah, the, the east could certainly go for some for a dry week and some warm days, whereas there's still many parts of the central Saskatchewan and also western Saskatchewan that could go for for more, for more rain. The, I'm, I'm sure the northwest would hold off for some from rain right now. They've they definitely got hammered this last week as well. What areas got the most rain? The most rain kind of came down in the broad view up towards Yorkton and, and towards the Indian Head area, and then also Spiritwood. Spiritwood got 86 mils, uh, you know, Broadview got 76, uh, Lipton uh, was 70, and Corrobert was 31. So quite a bit of rain came down in the last week, and, and it certainly caused some damage for some producers. How do you describe crop development, and what's its condition? We all know that crop development has been slow across uh, many parts of the province, uh, you know, due to the early season drought conditions in the west, uh, and then the excessive moisture and late seeding dates in the east. So that's all played a factor. But it, it's good to see that conditions are still rated quite high. You know, their their ratings are falling between fair to good for conditions across the province. That's very promising to see. Whereas stages of development vary quite a bit. So 76% of fall cereals, 58% of spring cereals, 46 percent of oil seeds and 69 percent of pulses are at their normal stages of development so there's a bit of variability there across the province but still things look pretty good and, and there's reports of you know canola flowering in many parts of the province and cereals are already heading out so a bit of concern in there depending on the height of those crops. What were the main causes of crop loss this past week? The two biggest ones this week were flooding and hail. With those storms that came through, there's quite a, a significant amount of hailstorms that came through and, and the damage is still being assessed on whether that crop will respond or not and come back and, and keep growing or if it's completely written off. I mean, that, that was across the province and, and a lot of areas that received that high, that high storm. 
or so that that high rainfall and also you know insects you know flea beetles are are still able to get some crops across the province that are still lacking behind and same with grasshoppers they're still quite the issue and and uh, gophers are still munching away across many parts of the province unfortunately what's the topsoil moisture rating dropped slightly this week likely due to just the the sheer dryness in the southwest but cropland is rated as nine percent surplus 67 percent adequate 20 percent short and four percent very short hay and pasture is rated as eight percent surplus 66 percent adequate 19 percent short and seven percent very short so still sitting very very good you know with those high rainfalls that we have been getting and those concentrated areas but certainly the west could go for another general rainfall here soon Haying is just getting underway? Yes. Haying hasn't really started yet in the province. You know, not, not enough progress has, has been done yet to really say it's underway. Just a few producers here and there have begun. In the West, reports are, are indicating that the crop is likely to be below average again this year, depending on where you are. If it's, if it's quite dry on where you are, the crop's no, not looking so good. But if you're lucky enough to get a couple rains in the last week, it is looking better. Whereas in the West, things do appear to be looking better. Same with pastures. But everyone was quite delayed this week due to just the rain coming through and, and making it difficult to cut. And farmers are busy spraying? Yeah, they're, they're spraying everything that they can get their hands on. Lots of herbicide spraying still going through, trying to get a control of those insect pests as well. And then now the first couple reports of fungicide applications have been coming across the province. So that just indicates the moisture that we've been getting. And, and now that we're seeing some disease pop up, the producers are trying to get a, get a handle on it. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Matt Struthers compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Livestock producers welcome a Health Canada decision to back away from a saturated fat warning label on ground beef and pork. The president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Reg Schellenberg of Beachy, applauds the decision. He says an online petition against the labeling had almost 10,000 signatures. Well, obviously, Jim, we're very pleased that the government of Canada listened to the concerns from both farmers, ranchers, as well as Canadians across the country and exempt ground beef and pork from Health Canada's proposed front-of-package regulations. Now, this is a huge, a huge step forward. We're grateful for their understanding and thankful that we were able to put this to defeat this, this proposed implementation. What does this just mean to producers? Well, the economic impact, had this gone through, Canadians purchase 50% of the beef in Canada is ground beef that the Canadians purchase. And hamburger is a, a protein of choice for many, most households in Canada. So it's essential that we had this exemption put into place. The confusing part was ground beef is a single ingredient meat. It's only processed through the grind. It consists of roasts, different cuts. It's not, it doesn't have any other ingredients. And so we're hoping that Health Canada will, will be able to differentiate between our in single ingredient whole foods and establish labeling policies that focus on highly processed foods. What was the big concern if this had been uh, imposed or put on ground beef and pork? Well, definitely the economic impact would be huge for producers as well as consumers. I mean, the product of choice, the availability, and impact with trading partners. Definitely, any time you have a uh, warning label on a, on a product, uh, there's much less 
interest from our, our customers to buy. So in summary, your reaction to the announcement that Health Canada has decided to exempt ground beef and pork from front-of-package labeling regulations, a, a kind of like a warning they were going to put on. I think it was about saturated fat, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. And so we, we do recognize Health Canada has shown their ability to listen to Canadians' concerns and make changes based on the feedback. Our Don't Label My Beef campaign was a huge success, and it was successful because every sector in the industry including our, con- our consumers, participated in voicing their concerns to the, the impact this labeling would, get, would have. And we thank each and every one that supported us. It, the momentum gained across the country, which is really, really neat to see. It was, it was fantastic. Reg, I also have to ask, how is it looking out your way for pastures and, and even crops? Uh, western parts of Saskatchewan have had uh, some pretty dry weather last year and again this spring. The, uh, the drought still continues in some spot areas, definitely in my home area here. Uh, rain showers are very uh, spotty, hit and miss, but there are significant portions of the southwest that have received good timely rainfall. We're, we're really, really thankful to see them getting it. Definitely, uh, there's, there's other locations in the southwest, west central that are still extremely dry, and uh, producers are very concerned for their crops and their, and their grasslands. Red Schellenberg farms at Beachy, about 250 kilometers west and a bit north. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I'm Lindsay Smith with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. And for this interview, I speak with Sarah Place with Elanco Animal Health. So we're here at the Canadian uh, Meat Industry Conference. Fascinating presentation. I'm not even going to try and summarize, but um, what I do want to discuss for sure is the difference between a carbon offset and an inset, because I think this is a conversation that we're having more and more. So in your words, what is the difference between the two? Yeah, so the the unit is the same in terms of both, in terms of it's typically a metric ton of carbon dioxide equivalents that are either reduced, so say you have cattle and you reduce your methane emissions from cattle, or uh, carbon that gets stored in the soil, for example. So the key difference between the two, though, is an offset is typically something where if you're a cattle producer, uh, you may get paid for your offsets, and they get bought by, say, Microsoft or some other company outside of the beef value chain. So that's kind of the traditional offset offset. A company tries to reduce their emissions as much as possible, realizes they can't get them to zero, so they go seek sectors that can actually reduce emissions or create carbon sequestration, aka cattle producers, right? And they'll, they'll buy those. An inset is different because instead of having somebody outside of the value chain buy the carbon reduction, it's going to be somebody in the value chain, right? So it may be somebody who's a packer or somebody who's an end user of beef that actually incentivizes the value chain to reduce their emissions. And why does that difference between the two matter? 
Yeah, so the difference matters because in both cases, the reduction only exists once, right? So you can think about the rancher that sold their carbon offset outside of the value chain. From a pure carbon accounting standpoint, uh, the company at the end of the value chain selling to a customer can no longer claim that their emissions were reduced or that carbon sequestration was associated with the, the hamburger, for example, that they're selling, right? And so that's what's key is and important is that kind of integrity of keeping the accounting sound uh, because I think one of the key risks there if we don't do that as an industry is we'll get accused of greenwashing right of saying everybody's claiming all these reductions and yet hey it's not showing up in the Canadian inventory that we reduced emissions by this double factor right Um, so that's one of those key things to keep in mind well and I also think about realistically it's also about making sure that the industry gets the recognition of what they're doing so an inset sort of keeps it within that value chain but an offset still it helps to achieve net zero let's say but for another company not necessarily for the beef industry that's right and that's where i think we just need to think about what's the most important thing right you can say we'll sell all of our carbon outside of the value chain and we'll just talk about how we did that <laughs> um, and maybe you just can celebrate it verbally but you can't claim the industry itself then right it has is net zero for example or has no additional warming associated with it um but that that is that key difference right is we can't count it twice right and and so one of the things that you did discuss here at this meeting was you know that methane emissions don't need to be zero but we need to bring emissions down so that they're not causing warming which is a key difference now you identified uh, a few different ways that the cattle industry can achieve that if you can just summarize what some of those points are Yeah, so the bigger picture is, of course, from a cattle industry perspective, our two main sources for beef, our main source is enteric methane, right? So the methane that naturally is produced by cattle. And then beef and dairy perspective, you also have manure that's more of a significant source. So for both of those, the one big picture item is just efficiency matters, right? We see this happen in the U.S., in Canada, where as we produce more beef per animal, we don't need as many cattle to produce more beef for more people, right? To meet your export needs and everything else. So that's one macro level thing that matters and that efficiency can be captured by everything of production technologies, better animal nutrition, better reproductive efficiency, better animal health, all those things matter. When we zoom in a bit more and say, okay, well, what's the next generation of things that are going to help us get us there and basically reduce what we call absolute emissions, total emissions coming from the industry. The other big thing is this next generation of feed additives, for example, different ways of feeding animals. There's been a lot of excellent work that's come out of Canada that shows, for example, increasing the amount of fat and concentration in the diet will reduce um, methane emissions, right? Um, Steam flaking grain can reduce methane emissions, right? So some of these things are win-wins. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, 30% chance of showers. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high today, 23, the low 9. Friday, partly cloudy, wind northwest 20, the high 25. Tomorrow, the low 9. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 24, the low 14. Sunday, partly cloudy with 60% chance of showers, the high 25, the low 13. 
On Monday, cloudy, the high 25, 60% chance of evening showers, the low 13. Tuesday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 20, the low 12. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 23. Normal high is 25, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 4.51 this morning, it sets at 9.14 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, both Regina and Moose Jaw at 21. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids at 11. Estevan is 20. Saskatoon, Swift Current, Weyburn, all 19. Yorkton is 18. In Regina, cloudy and 21. That's 70 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 24, gusting to 39. Humidity is 46%. The barometric pressure dropping 101.5. Partly cloudy, Moose Jaw 21. Winds are from the west at 30. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 21. That's 70 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The World Bank has approved a $500 million loan to Egypt to help the country buy wheat as prices skyrocket because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The funds will support Egypt's efforts to provide subsidized bread to poor and vulnerable households. Egypt is the world's largest wheat importer, and about 70 million Egyptians rely on government-subsidized bread, mostly made from imported wheat. The federal government's Minister for Prairies, Can, has announced interest-free loans of almost $26 million to help businesses across Saskatchewan grow and create good-paying jobs. The industries include advanced manufacturing, digital technology, agriculture and agri-food production, and health and safety. Prairies Can Minister Daniel Vandal says the funding for the 11 projects is expected to create over 500 jobs, and it's estimated the result will be over $470 million in revenue growth. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A number of fields in southwest Manitoba were seeded after the June 20th crop insurance deadline, leading to a small increase in planted acres. Manitoba Agriculture Oilseed Specialist Dane Fraze says 93% of the spring crop has now been seeded in Manitoba. We had another 2% bump to seeding progress in Manitoba post our June 20th general crop seeding deadline. Uh, most of that occurred in the southwest region. Uh, farmers filling in potholes, low areas that were missed, or just seeding uh, crop where they were able to access the field for the first time. Most of those crops in that southwest region would have gone into wheat, barley, or canola. But as you move further into the northwest or interlake regions, those crop choices weren't as popular and we were looking at more of a green feed or a cover crop option uh, to supplement livestock. Freeze says there was some severe weather in western Manitoba over the past week. There certainly was. Strong winds, driving rains and some severe hail, up to baseball-sized hail in the Bertle to Russell area did destroy some crops there. Some crops are looking like they may recover, but it will certainly add an additional delay to overall harvest maturity. 
Fraze says there's a lot of saturated soil in western Manitoba. As far as I know, yes. I haven't been in that particular region myself in the last little bit, but it is uh, certainly wet. We've had an abundance of moisture. We have fields that are still quite wet or saturated. So field operation spraying in particular is time-consuming, trying to find a dry field that's in the correct stage. Uh, so as sprayers do access fields, we are seeing fairly significant rutting and uh, damaging that soil surface, uh, but uh, farmers have no other choice but they to try and get on there while they can. Phrase says farmers are busy spraying crops. A little of everything right now is being sprayed, um, primarily focused on weed control in some of our crops, particularly as we move into canola. Most of the spring wheat and soybeans have already been done, uh, as has the flax and peas, but now canola is becoming the main focus. But insecticide applications are ongoing as well. Uh, a little bit for cutworm, mostly for flea beetle. Flea beetles have been uh, devastating across huge swaths of Manitoba this year. We're seeing just the vast numbers of flea beetles overwhelm canola seed treatments and necessitating uh, single or multiple applications of in-crop insecticide. And occasionally some fields are having to be sprayed for young grasshoppers. We know we had a bad grasshopper year last year, and those fields that had high egg-laying populations are certainly seeing a high number of nymphs, and they can do damage fairly quickly. Phrase says some farmers are facing herbicide shortages. We know that herbicide shortages are ongoing, particularly for glufosinate, which is Liberty brand herbicide. We know that there have been some supply issues. There have been issues with it getting to the retails in time, as well as manufacturing disruptions. Um, so that certainly is impacting weed management in our canola crops. The vast majority of canola in Manitoba is uh, a Liberty tolerant canola. Uh, so that is the go-to uh, herbicide of, of choice and, and one of the only herbicides, in fact. So when that product isn't available or isn't available in sufficient quantity, farmers are really having to stage their crops correctly, make sure that they are timing it for the maximum efficacy um, for that single application at the single rate that they can go into the field and, and do the best they can. Phrase says there are some reports of nitrogen fertilizer loss. We know that... Um, Fertilizer can leach and denitrify under warm and wet conditions. With the amount of rain we've had, we've certainly seen leaching losses or, or nitrogen moving deeper into the soil profile. If roots are able to reach down that far later in the season, they will be able to extract a good portion of it. Um, but that does leave some temporary uh, induced nitrogen deficiencies at the surface. We are seeing some flashing from cereal crops, from corn crops, where some top dressing might be ongoing. We know that uh, urea prices have corrected significantly from the spring highs and uh, making it a little bit more affordable to purchase right now. So farmers are looking at it, doing some tissue tests, and perhaps top dressing if their fields are in a deficit situation. Phrase says crop development is well behind in western Manitoba. Oh, certainly about a month behind normal uh, from the late seeding and, and the wet conditions. Um, however, towards the southern part of the, of the southwest region, towards the west border, it has been generally a little bit drier than, than it has been further north. So we do see crop progress uh, a little bit more advanced there. Crops looking a little bit better, less, a little less stagey and, um, and less drowned out, but there certainly are exceptions. And as you move further north, crop just tends to get a little bit smaller, uh, but it's still coming along relatively well as long as we can escape some of those severe rains and hail events. Phrase says there's a lot of unseeded acres in Manitoba. Certainly. Right now, we're seeing just a little under 700,000 acres left unseeded as an estimate in Manitoba. That official number will come out once crop insurance has their data together. Um, but we know that farmers are trying to seed as much as they can, as long as they can. 
However, we are running up to the July long weekend, and we are well past some crop insurance coverage dates for annual crop. But we, Dane Fraze is an oilseed specialist. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source six twenty CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber and Sass Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were mixed this morning. Viterra prices for canola fell twelve dollars at eight fifty three fifty two. One red spring wheat went down three eighty at four thirty nine fifty six. The rest were unchanged. Durham five fifty one fifteen. Feed barley three forty seven eighty seven. Chickpeas nine ninety nine ninety nine. Flax nine twelve sixty seven, lentils seven ninety two fifty, yellow peas five fourteen ninety six, and feed wheat three seventy eight thirty. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat fell two and three quarter cents at ten sixteen and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of June the 29th. Huge numbers came to town for this sale. 500 cows and bulls, 950 feeder cattle, 15 cow-calf pairs, a total of 1480 for the day. What a cow and bull sale we had. They were both selling strong and active. D1, D2 cows, 104 to 111, sales to 115, 116, D3 cows, 90 to a dollar. Cows are averaging 104.75 from the Didics at Roxton, 1,600 pound cows at 115 and a quarter, and from the Wards at Springside, 1,600 pound cows topped out at 116.75. Good bulls, 127 to 137, sales to 140, sales to 145. A couple of these meaty kind of bulls sold as high as 149.150. Bulls are averaging 133.50 from the Zipperex at Inglis, Manitoba. 2,200-pound bull at 149, and from the Benfields Ranch at Springside, 2,400-pound bull topped out at 150.75. Good job to you guys. On to the feeder cattle. What a sale that was. We pre-sorted 620 head from the Lilac Ranch at Benito, Manitoba. Here are some highlights. 575-pound steers, 245. 650-pound steers, 232. My favorite pen, 720-pound steers, 227. 800 pound steers, 223, 870 pound steers at 212, 950s at 196, and 1,025 pound steers at 187. On the heifer side, 650 pound heifers, 207. I like this pen. 710 pound heifers, 214. 800 pounders, 197. 870 pound heifers, 194. 915 pound heifers at 187. Good job to you, Corey, and your family. We had 15 cow-calf pairs here yesterday. Top pairs sold for $2,350. The average was $2,100. What a sale we had that we had here yesterday. With the order buyers we had here, a job well done. I tip my hat to you gentlemen. There is no sale here next week. Our next sale for all class of cattle is Wednesday, July the 13th. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Enjoy the Canada Canada Day long weekend, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And we also have a report from Moose Jaw for today. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report, Heartland Live Doctor in Moose Jaw. 525 on offer in Moose Jaw on Tuesday's sale, consisting mostly of cows and heiferettes. These good, big, strong cows, $1.06 to 14 
Sales right up to a dollar seventeen fifty on the high yielders. Medium cows ninety five to a dollar five. These young feeding cows and heiferettes are a dollar eighteen to a dollar thirty eight. Sales right up to one forty six, just depending on their flesh. The good bulls remain strong one thirty to one forty four on those high yielding bulls. We are selling every Tuesday here for the summer months, and don't forget the big Ben got bull riding Friday, July first. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great long weekend. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 246.51 cents per CKG. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. The Water Security Agency is providing up to $1 million in new funding for channel clearing and maintenance for constructed agricultural drainage projects. The funds are available for local governments, including RMs, Conservation and Development Area Authorities, and Watershed Associations. The expanded eligibility includes maintenance for constructed drainage projects. Previously, only natural water courses qualified for funding. Water Security Agency Minister Jeremy Cockrell says advancing channel clearing and drainage maintenance projects can help landowners better protect infrastructure. Assistance will come as a rebate of up to 50% of eligible costs for the coming year. Activities can include removing silt, beaver dams and debris to lessen the possibility of blockage that can cause flooding to roads and farmland. On the markets today, the TSX is down 238 points to 18,839. The Dow has fallen 243 points to 30,786. Oil has fallen $3.07 at 106.71 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is unchanged at 77.70 U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.